We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This thing on? See, now I'm getting mad. Because it's getting ready to be on. I want my whiskey to bite me a little bit. This is the kind of psychopath that I hang out with. I got beat up outside of a Denny's. The Rockpile Report. With Buffalo Bills season ticket holder, Drew Gear. He likes to get in Max's nose. Something I can't do with this podcast because I drink too much. Chris Kruger. My rollerblading blonde mohawk producer. The pettiest, hardest drinking Bills podcast. I'm an adult. I know what I'm about. It's the Tim Hortons that is near, um, it's in the village of Hamburg, and it's right near uh, J.P. Fitzgerald's, and Drew decides to go through this at, I don't know, at about 2.30, 3 o'clock in the morning, and the gigantic of a woman who probably looks like a Sheboygan, Wisconsin dairy farmer decides to meet him at the bar. Um, after he picks her up from a Tim Hortons drive through window. Now, I just want to say, at the time, I didn't see her. I saw her face, and I saw her in the window. I figured the window's taller than me, so I'm assuming she's standing on something. This is all going to be fine, and sh- she didn't look that bad. You saw her, and you wanted... Like a baby on the bosom, just like um, Deuce Bigelow. That's exactly what you wanted. So we're all at the bar, and Drew walks in with this gigantic Alaskan woman, and I'm pretty sure that she's wearing plaid, and we're all shooting darts, and Drew's about to go to the bar. He goes, you guys need anything? You need a drink? Anything like that? She goes up to him, and she goes, I want 20 hot wings. I'd like chicken fingers and french fries. Kisses him, slaps him on the ass, go get it. <laughs> no lie, that is what Drew brought to the bar, and <laughs> woman must have had Drew. I'm surprised your face isn't scarred. <laughs> Guys, Doug Roloski, everybody. One, of my, one of my best friends. Uh, it's, you, it's funny, for old heads of the podcast, you might remember Doug... Chris, how long ago was that? 2016? Yeah. Doug hasn't been on in like two or three years. Two right, or yeah. three. Yeah, it's been a minute. Two or three, Chris. He sat in the night we were doing the draft show, day two. Do you remember off the bus starters? 
Yes. The that, Reggie Ragland draft. That's the draft that we took Lawson in. That's 2016? We yeah. did. We were doing a thing at That's Point a Rex C- Ryan draft. Yes. We were doing something on Poinciana. Doing our first, it's like our first attempt at a draft show, mm-hmm. and it failed miserably. And we didn't. We, I don't think we ever released it. I'm sure I still have. No, the, we did. The audio. We did. No, well, we did a draft show the night one, and that crashed and burned. So then day two, Doug came back. Mm-hmm. I and I came across this, and that was kind of the impetus of having Doug in the studio. Was this idea that I heard Doug, like I was going through when it was Chris when I was perusing all of our old shows for our 500th show. Yeah, to find audio of me being really fucking stupid about the draft because doug i'm i'm a moron when it comes to draft prognostication we figured that out over the years hey i may not be a professional but i learned something over the years um so what i as i was listening back to that podcast to find snippets of me just not knowing what i'm talking about what i realized is that every time i got up to take a piss it was just you and chris carrying the conversation you're not half bad I love this stuff. I love, I love college, and I love the draft. I just love it. And so for people who don't know, Doug Roloski, buddy of mine, grew up with him. He also coaches high school football. And at the same time, he played football, former high school football athlete. He understands the game. He's obsessed with the draft. He's he's pretty savvy when it comes to what he knows about football. He's one of the people I talk to away from it because, Chris, believe it or not, there's not a lot of people that I can talk to about football because they all sound like WGR callers. Every single one of them. So so Doug's one of the few people I can turn to. And also, Doug is the keeper of all of my horror stories. Doug actually has a catalog of Drew Gear stories that, like, some of them are, Doug, the the time I slapped the guy with a knife in South Buffalo? We have everything from Drew getting almost stabbed to death on a South Buffalo street on Tift to bringing home the slam pigs, which you heard from uh, Tim Horton's drive throughs to passing out drunk in a running car for about seven hours. Thank God that we did not have a garage and that you were outside. Guys, I've lived. That's all I'm going to say. You got, you got, we got my favorite. What's that Naked roast beef sandwich. Yes, we'll it was actually a pulled pork sandwich, half bitten, and my my uh, hey, wife. Hey, hey, we will save that story. <laughs> We're saving that for the Patreon. <laughs> Remember the cigarette butts and the beer bottle in St. Patrick's Day? Yeah, you guys are the worst. <laughs> See, I, I, who needs enemies when I've got friends like this? We didn't know it was your beer bottle. We kept putting our Parliament butts in it. <laughs> Drew goes for a drink. Parliament <laughs> lights. You guys are you guys are animals. So, guys. You, yeah, you know what? Friends do. You guys have cocktails. I made you both cocktails that you guys need to sample. You guys have different, obviously different cocktails. Doug's is in a coop and yours is over crushed ice. Now, Doug, what do you think that is? This is definitely gin. Because you asked for it. I'm a gin guy. Looks like there's a float in it of some kind. I don't know what it is, but I'm going to go in right now. Take a whack. Ooh, that is delish. Now, what do you think's in there? Yeah, because that's the game. It it is an original of mine. Okay, so this is a this is what the cocktail aficionado over here is hooked yeah. up. Yeah, what do you get? What do you get in there? There lime in that? No, there's no lime. I don't know what the citrus is, but that's fantastic. Citrus is lemon. Mm. It is rub. It is Whitley Neal's rhubarb and ginger gin with. Uh, a combination of ginger syrup and simple syrup because 
the bottle. I have a Liber and Co. Uh, fiery ginger uh, ginger syrup, and it's a little. There's too much kick to it, so I have to do a quarter of an ounce, and then put a another quarter ounce of regular simple syrup in there, and then uh, italicus. There is a spice and to it. An, and an egg white. Ooh, that's where the uh, frothiness in the foam comes from. Look at you. Did you shake that up? Yeah, it's an original creation of mine. Look at it's you. It's called Not Ginger Island. I like it. Because I kept calling it Ginger Island because there's ginger in there. And then my girlfriend, would Jessica, would be like, it's not what it's called. It's not it. It's not the name of it. So then it just became Not Ginger Island. You'd be a perfect, perfect mixologist at like a at a classy strip club. You <laughs> with would, that you, hair, you would be absolutely with that hair dangerous. And there sir. would be, and there would be at least one, at least one, like like one regular who just came to hang out with Chris. That's it. Like the weird, like he'd get that one guy, like like the guy who you see at the rail at a strip club eating chicken wings at the stage. Yep. That would be the guy that would come and hang out with Chris there. He's the one that the girls know. I ain't getting anything from this guy. Well, yeah, he walks in. They're like, nah, he's good. All right. Well, that's he's he's non-threatening. His back is always to the girls. It could be the hottest girl in the world, and her his back is to her. He ain't moving because he's talking to Chris. True. <laughs> now I have this drink in front of me. Now, Doug, it's clear enough. Now I used to get fooled by this with Chris. I used to think that drinks that were this shade were whiskey. Mm. Now, clearly, that's too transparent, right? Very true for whiskey. Okay. So, I smell that, though, and it almost makes you think there's a little bourbon in there. A little bit. Now, from the look, it looks like an apple cider drink, but from the smell, it is not. Mm. What I find interesting is that there's crushed ice in here. Now, crushed ice is a... Not a thing. Like, anytime he's making a drink with bourbon, he usually uses a solid cube. So, here I am, I'm sipping this, and I'm getting hits of, like, again, it almost tastes like a whiskey. Like, it's got that whiskey, what do they call it? Like the Remember that time you and I were going to start a band called the Whiskey Shivers? The Whiskey Shivers, man. You imagine the ass we would have pulled? I mean, now we're both None. married. Now we're None. both married with kids. None, because we would have been two fat dudes in Hawaiian shirts with acoustic guitars. That's not true. You know what we would have smashed? 53-year-old divorcees You have widowers. a thing for, Guys, Doug, since he's out here airing my dirty laundry, Doug used to love the idea of getting us all dressed up, going and hanging out at a place in Buffalo called the Snooty Fox. The Snooty he's Fox like, guys, on come Delaware. On. He's like, guys, let's put on some nice jeans and some sport coats and go to the Snooty Fox. And we'd be like, what the hell are you talking about? He goes, guys, the like 50-year-old women in this place. Are, yep. it, it's Doug, you're an animal. You know what it was? It was the 50-year-old woman that were like high school teachers that like just barely crossed the line with their 18-year-old students. And I'm game. <laughs> like I respect that. You know, I like it. So Chris, what's in this cocktail because I'm again, I'm getting whiskey notes but it's not whiskey. Cuz it is whiskey. Mm. There you're dealing with three liquors in there. An ounce each. Of a Jamaican rum. Mm. Okay, that's what's... Okay. An uh, ounce of cognac and an ounce of... What did I put in there? An ounce of bourbon. So it's like a Long Island, except... And lemon uh, lemon juice, okay. simple syrup, and bitters. And it's called a Mississippi Punch. Do you understand that you cannot give cognac to an animal like Drew? <laughs> like, if Drew has four of those... 
we have issues like the if rest I, of the night. If I have two more of these, my shirt's coming off. Like that's it. That's just how this works. Drew hasn't smoked in a decade. He has four of those in a night. He's ripping a whole pack of camel blues. <laughs> Oh, shit. All right. Well, Chris, let's get on with the Bills talk. Why don't you hit us with the Bills news update? So we're here talking about what's happening in the Bills universe. And the biggest story this week is the Bills are being linked to DeAndre Hopkins. I'm not sure how to feel about this. Everybody's excited. It's it's a talking point on literally uh, Bruce Nolan was thinking about delaying the start of his podcast last night just in case it happened. It's like it's, I got I, have, I just have a question if we're going to start this conversation. Doug, who's the last player to get busted for PEDs who got better after the fact? I can't think of one. You know, plus I, I think he's going to be 31. I think a Sean Merriman. Sean when he came Merriman. to the Buffalo Bills. Didn't he date that MTV girl? He did. He did. Uh, let me guess. Uh, what a, the the woman at the Tim Hortons drive through <laughs> <laughs> had more hair than Drew. That's all right. All right. I mean, at that I point, like it. I mean, she could have bench pressed me to be honest. <laughs> but but so it, here's what I'll say. Here's what I'll say. I don't know of a player who's ever been busted for PEDs and then come off of them, and then especially like to get busted like a six-game suspension for it, that means you didn't just fail one test. That meant that they found... They, Doug, they found something right. if they gave you six games. Right. So that means that he's now gone clean. And I don't know a guy at that age, or any age, really, who's gotten better after the fact. And that's just my own thing. No, I can be talked. I can be talked sure, into it. Of course, because the idea right. is a good one, right? Yeah, I the can idea be talked of into what, it. What, what you believe Hopkins is, right? Like he he paired with Diggs gives you a high level pair of X, like an X and Z receiver, right? It gives you a high level pair of boundary options that defensive coordinators would constantly have to be game planning for because mm-hmm. each one of those guys is going to play. 80% of the snaps in most of your games. Especially with the money that they both make. Well, of course. And it would certainly, you'd have to think, pull the safeties out of the center of any defensive alignment. Mm-hmm. Because you couldn't allow those guys to get behind you. Digs and like, you can't let that happen. So it really would limit a defense's ability to squat on the intermediate areas of the field. Right. And as a fan, like all three of us in here, we watch every play, we watch every game. Um, I can be talked into it, but the scenario has to be perfect. Sure. Arizona has to keep some of that money that he makes. I believe it's for this year, for 2023. I want to say his cap hits around, it's over $25 million. I know that. So that, first of all, has to be coming to play. Two, I don't want to give up too much for him. If what they're saying in the reports that we're reading are Ed Oliver and a third, I don't want to give up that third. Ed, I'm okay with because he's a defensive We're tackle. Talk about that in a second. Who is a cap hit of the ten point eight? You know what I mean. So Chris being, see, Doug, isn't this a professional fuck? Look at this. Now you got a screen where it's up in front of you. Yeah. Hey, can you zoom in on that? Yeah. Of course I can. Hell yeah. 
What do we got for cap hit on him for 2023? Okay, he is a base salary of 19.4. million. It's a $30 million cap hit. Now so, you can spread. Now you could restructure and spread, but you don't want to do that. You can, but you're tying he, up future years. So here you're taking so, a third right off the bat if Oliver's part of that because so, he so comes up with ten point eight. You're basically saying to Arizona, if you want anything of fucking value, you're eating some of this. Oh, absolutely. But they can't take it all. No, 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 no. And the bills no. have pennies to spend. But beyond the money, this is where I look at. Like the money is almost secondary for me mm-hmm. because I look at this and I go. I don't know. I watched. See, now this is uh, this is how shitty my year went last year for fantasy football. I drafted, J- and, and also this is how stupid I am. In a in a year where I won the league, PPR, PPR fantasy football league, I won the league. So I had the twelfth pick, and I had had it on the first. I had the first back to back first and second round pick. I needed a running back because of keepers and everything else. Like I needed a running back. James Connor's the only one available. In the first round, I drafted Josh Allen. And with the next pick, I took James Conner. Now, if I was smart, I would have gone the other way, because you're sure as hell not keeping James Conner. No. But I could have kept Josh Allen in the second round. Now, mind you, I went to the Super Bowl and lost. So, realistically, it doesn't matter. I guess it's shuffling deck chairs. But I watched a lot of Arizona football down the stretch, because I needed James Conner to come through for me. I had him as well. And what I f- saw watching that, like the eye test, I watched a wide receiver who everyone kept telling me was going to make an impact and just didn't. Mm-hmm. And then some of that, I'm willing to hear them talk about how the quarterback situation, obviously, like what, they, they had two different quarterbacks that made their first time, like first career yep, starts. they did. <laughs> Chris, anytime your team has two quarterbacks to like see their first career starts, you're fucked, aren't you? 100%. Okay. Colt McCoy is going to be their week one starter in 2023. <laughs> it's Colt McCoy from Texas. Yes, he's still in the league. The only he is going to be starting. Do you know that the only play I really remember of Colt McCoy isn't even in the NFL? It's in the national title game, Alabama against Texas, where Marcel Darius literally strip sacks him and breaks his arm. Marcel. <laughs> there, God, I cannot knocks stand Colt Bama. McCoy out of the game. Ugh. So... I, I see this, and then I go, okay, so he didn't look that good. Let me look at the metrics, though. Let's see what the fine metrics say. Here's some things. Like, first of all, n- like no game in 2022 with more than 33 yards after the catch. Mm-hmm. Some of that you can blame on the quarterback. Not pr- improper ball placement, just the type of routes he has to run to get open for those bad quarterbacks. I, sure, you can talk me into that not being his fault. Also... Hopkins tied for Gabe Dave with Gabe Davis for average separation, according to NFL Next Gen stats. Like as a wide receiver too, I guess you don't need to have like he's got a great catch percentage, right? Absolutely, ninety three percent. He's way a, better than what Gabe Davis. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But he's literally tied with Gabe Davis. So these people who are like, oh, Hopkins will get down this, he'll stretch the field, he'll do all that. Th-. No, no. What he'll do is he'll catch the balls you throw to him. But he's no longer a burner. And here's the, here's the thing I say. Anyone who tries to blame, again, the average fan who goes, well, double coverage. Mm-hmm. He was double covered because he was the best receiver on the team. Uh, he actually finished 19th in the entire league in average cushion off the line of scrimmage afforded to him by opposing defenses at 6.9 yards per route run, which means that teams were actively working not to stay in his hip pocket, but to keep him from getting behind them. 
So if you're only if you're generating terrible yards after the catch, but no one is trying to actively like stay in your pocket, mm-hmm. that's not good. So think of the roster of what we have right now. Okay, think of the speed that we've added onto the team. All right, can you get behind as a fan if Arizona would take? the majority of the money this year and next year. And let's just say we only had to give up like an Ed Oliver, who's in a rotation. We're one of the few teams who rotates eight guys on the Mm D-line. So can you get behind that if they went after a caliber of D-hop? You would. Can you you make it work in your brain as a fan? And knowing their cap situation, knowing what their cap situation is going to be next year, maybe if Gabe has to be re-signed, you know what I mean? Like, this is, can you get behind that? I can. I can. Chris is raising his hand. Doug, who is Arizona's head coach? It's not Cliff Kinsbury anymore. It is a, oh my God. Is he the dude from the Eagles? No. Correct. Um. Yeah, it was he, he is the, the offensive coordinator of the Eagles. No, he went to that guy. Went to Indianapolis. The defensive coordinator. of the Correct. Eagles. Correct. So Ed Oliver, defensive guy, going to a defensive head coach. You could okay. You so could I, make the argument that they would they might want Ed Oliver with the third overall pick. Also, because what he because what he can. That's all I know. That's the thing. That that's all. This comes down to <clears throat> all. This comes down to is. Care. I don't like that his age is what it's going to be at at the start of training camp. He's going to be 31 years old. And just look at history. The majority of players, once they turn 31, they start trending down. Sure. Your A.J. Greens, your Andre Johnsons. You know what I mean? Yeah. They but keep so this trending is, well, down. And so D-Hop's already on his way there. And that's why, that's why, again, statistically we've proven it. His numbers show that. What I want to make sure of is if we're making the move, we fucking... The money's got to work, and the what you're giving up is the biggest. Chris thing looks. Like, Chris has a look on his face like he has something to say. Oh yeah, when you get up there in age, what do you got to do? You make a position change. You play linebacker. <laughs> yeah, he's too big for that, man. Them dreads will slow him down, man. Drew knows what I'm talking about. I do know what he's talking about. So does our audience, Doug. Does, <laughs> Doug, let me. Doug doesn't know this that Drew said this in 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 a public in a public space. Um, <laughs> Doug, I know you're. I, I know that you're going to get this a hundred percent correct. What position did Steve Tasker play? He was a wide receiver. Fuck. <laughs> Drew thought he played linebacker and admitted it on the show. <laughs> Bro, he had a touchdown he... catch in a playoff game versus the Dolphins, and I, I believe it was 1995 or 1996. I know. And so what happened is he wore 89. So people started tweeting it. Steve Tasker about this and I feel like the volume of it got his attention he's like well this is fucking weird why do people keep calling me a linebacker and then someone explained it to him and he found it really funny and that it was fun- Doug Flutie's size I know <laughs> I don't want to talk about it Doug we can put this back into again the embarrassing chronicles of Drew Gear. you have another chapter now that you can go tell our other friends it's like uh, it's like the water boy Man, he's the best linebacker I've seen since Joe Montana. Joe Montana was a quarterback, you asshole. I said Joe Montana. That's exactly what that, that is. That is exactly what that is. <laughs> so obviously, like this, it could be done. I wouldn't be pissed off if they did it because obviously we want to win. And if you want right. to win in this NFL, you 
the Chiefs are getting by because I, I hear people make this argument all the time. The Chiefs are well, the Chiefs did it. The Chiefs make it work with the the Chiefs have one of the all time. Like you don't as an offensive head coach who calls his own plays, Andy Reid might be one of the better of our lifetime. Oh, not there's no doubt that he is so one of the most offensively gifted minds scheme wise. So the that Chiefs we've are ever what seen. they are because of Patrick Mahomes. Mm-hmm. And because they have that guy calling the shots, designing the state of that offense. We don't have that. We have Ken Dorsey, who forgets that Hines can catch the fucking ball. So with that in mind, you're going to have to, you're going to need, in order to offset your offensive coordinator's issues, your quarterbacks just, when things seem like they're in the weeds, your quarterbacks like, I can do this, put the team on my back mentality. Mm-hmm. You're going to need to surround him with the most, he's going to have to recreate Miami. In the NCAA years, if this team's going to go win a Super Bowl, I feel like that's what it's going to take. So I understand, I understand this a little bit. I do. I just needed to not fuck our team for five years because you decided to make that move. Well, I don't think it will too because he only has. Remember, he only has next year in twenty twenty four left on his contract. I don't give a fuck. I'm done talking about this old man with dreadlocks talking about being a Buffalo soldier, and that's what keeps doing it too. It's fucking social media, and that's where we talk about Ed Oliver. Let's change gears here and talk about it all over. The Bears. What is this trend of players being cryptic about their careers on social media? Like, does nobody have any cojones anymore? No. Chris, have I ever, in the history that we've had a Twitter account, ever, as the kids say, subtweeted somebody? No, you tweet directly at them, and then we get blocked. Yes. See Richie Incognito. Wait, wait, wait a minute, wait a minute. Wait a minute. I'm 36 years old. What does subtweet mean? What it means is if I were to be like, hey, I know this... I know this fuck with a Michigan hat on right now who blah, 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 insert offensive statement here, but I didn't say your name, and I didn't tag you in it, and I didn't come at you, so now you find... A, but everyone knows who I'm talking mm-hmm. about. That's called subtweeting. Well, hmm. I called Ross Tucker a carpetbagger because <laughs> he because he was being a carpetbagger, and I did. And then he mentioned it on his podcast, and I felt kind of like I was like, "There you go, shot across the bow that actually landed." I like that. I At like that you're upset by it. Other hacks, Chris Bill Barnwell has us blocked. He yep. actually tried to shame us. He tried to make us look bad, and when it didn't work, and then you know, but you know what the you know what the worst part was, so. Doug. After he couldn't squash us in the court of public opinion the way that he thought he could, mm-hmm. I made an innocuous jab at his uh, the fact that he's bald but has sideburns. I called it the equivalent of building a staircase that goes nowhere, <laughs> and then he blocked us. And I was like, "Oh, there it is." That's Got a him. dude. That's a guy probably who can't take criticism, and if his opinion isn't valued and isn't spot on with the public, he's like, "Nah, you're wrong. I don't want to hear it." Well, I also called him out that he has a bunch of teenage interns doing his work for him. I go, "You don't do the." I go, "This is how I know you're wrong. You don't do the work the way I put do. your work in." I go, "I have the analytics. I have all the numbers crunched. Here's my spreadsheets." jerk off what do you have and then it was the sideburns thing that got me blocked Man. but either way who is Chris, who I, do we have who's blocked us like from oh a, a media from sports media specifically <sighs> barn barnwell Jay doug skirsky jay skirsky doug ferrara 
Doug Farrar because I made fun of him because he he just sucks at mock drafting. Well, Jay Skursky's an idiot. No. <laughs> I mean, he's. <laughs> I'm sorry. Like I look at all these guys. He's just. He's an idiot. I mean, the takes that he gives. Okay, so we didn't come here Ugh. to slander all of the media. What we came Ugh. here to do is, I come right at people when I have. As the again, as the kids say, I say it with my chest. Say it with your chest. What I, what I don't like is that we've entered this era of athletes going on Twitter and acting like jaded ex-girlfriends who are just like, not, I'm going to post something about the way I feel and it's an ambiguous shot. It may be alluding to something that'll get a lot of people's attention, girl, and then they Z-snap at you. Like, what the <laughs> fuck are we doing here? Are we not men? Here's what I think happened. I think Oliver probably caught wind from his agent that because think about it. He's eligible now to negotiate the a contract extension. extension. Absolutely. His agent is probably telling him, hey, I talked to Brandon Bean the other day. He said he has no interest in picking up those conversations until the end of the season where they know he's going to be a free agent. Mm -hmm. But then they also have the flexibility to tag him. Mm -hmm. We know players hate the tag. We know players hate being left in limbo, not knowing what their future looks like. They're human beings, too. I could see being miffed when you're a guy who has played what you think is a very high level of football and you think you deserve more. So I've always said this, like this is going to be interesting because at a certain point, like Brandon Bean used to get a lot of applause because it's about drafting and retaining draft and retain. We're going to find a lot of guys on the market, like on, Undrafted free agents. Mm -hmm. We're going to scoop up some guys as free agents, and we're going to bring them into the fold. And Which make they've been guys. good at. And they have. But I've always said that at a certain point, nice guy Bean is going to run into this. He, he's been able to keep these guys because we always had space. That's gone. And now, space. unfortunately, you as Brandon Bean have to start to play favorites. You have to. Mm -hmm. He already picked, Chris, he already picked his dance partner in Josh Allen, which, hey, no one will blame you for le no one will blame you at the bar on a Friday night for going home with a 10. No. E even though there's like there's a bunch of girls there who they, they you talk to them, maybe even you took a couple numbers. But if you leave with a 10, they might be bitter, but no one can really blame you. He hitched his wagon to Josh Allen. But you everything you else is secondary. Absolutely. And you're finding that out. Tremaine Edmonds Tremaine Edmonds got drafted in the same class, multiple Pro Bowl, time Pro Bowler, team captain. You traded up for him. Guess what? We we took Josh. Yeah. And because we took Josh and because we have other needs, Tremaine, we love you. Best of luck to you, but mm -hmm. you got to go. Go get your money. Go get the bag, kid. And they didn't tag him. They didn't do the dickhead thing and tag nope, him. They let him go get his money. They, they let the kid go get the bag. I really think that it's like... I don't know. I, I just feel like if this was one of those garbage TV shows that some of uh, all of us people listening, our wives and girlfriends might watch, Brandon Bean's running out of roses to hand out. And it sounds like Ed Oliver's starting to realize he's not getting one. It's not coming. You're not you're not one of his guys. So I guess the question is this idea of shopping him that keeps coming up. It starts to look more and more attractive. The more he starts tweeting things about, oh, I'm good, I'm great, I was everything, you know, best of love to everybody, it's like, all right, so if you're already saying that ahead of a season where we know we need to go win now, I don't know that I want that energy. I and I also yeah. know that realistically, if that's your attitude, that if you won't pay me, 
obviously the Tennessee GM got fired for trading AJ Brown. Mm-hmm. Like that's it. He didn't get fired for it. Chris, the fact that the, the owner fired him the day after they got torn apart by AJ Brown. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's she very, fired him and said, we need to be better. Yeah. Well, exactly what she said. We need to be better. Cause you let a great weapon go for nothing. No, for Trevelyan Burks, first round pick. You don't. Okay. He he threw up the first five minutes of train of OTA. Sorry, it wasn't even training camp. It was OTAs. You're a professional athlete. I call he was better than I prognosticated, but again, because I'm not great at this, but I did call him Walmart Laviska Chenault. Razorback. <laughs> so like when you're talking about this Ed Oliver's tweets and stuff like that, there's a reason he's being tied into all this trade talk. It's that right there. Mm-hmm. It's the idea of look, this guy's disgruntled. You don't need problems right now. And he's one of the players who you could very easily move on from. You know, Pollock and I, a guy on my softball team who I'm friends with, and we talk during football season. We'll text about the about the team. We had an in depth conversation about a Jordan Phillips plays like the guy we wanted Ed Oliver to be. Sure does. That three tech defensive tackle position. There are guys who can do his job cheaper. Like there are, and it sucks. It sucks to say it like that, but unfortunately. And Oliver's opinion of himself and what his fifth-year option pays him, there are guys who could do as well as he does for less money. Well, sure, you would have the same opinion of yourself as well. And I don't hate Ed Oliver for doing that. What do you mean, he, do you mean he could? J- I do. I keep my biceps <laughs> walking around the house, Doug. He just, want, he just wants to get paid. You know what I mean? Which I have no problem with that. I would want to get paid. Anyone in this room would want to get paid. And we can all understand that. Here's the three problems that Ed Oliver has and that Brandon Bean has. One is that you already said it. He chose to dance with Josh Allen, which, again, these are are the problems. And they're good problems, by the way. These are the problems that you run into when you hit on the most important position in professional sports. When you hit on a quarterback... And that contract comes up, and they are young, and they have proven to be in the MVP conversation and can win you a Super Bowl conversation, game-changing. You pay that person. There is no issue about that. I don't care if they would have paid him $50 million a year. There's one team in the entire NFL that can say, hey, holy shit, our Super Bowl hopes hinge on, on a defensive tackle. Aaron Donald. That's it. That's it. There's That's one. It. There's one. There's one. He and one he is one. generational, <laughs> Hall of Fame. I am going to, don't care if I am double team, triple team, I am going through you and I am destroying your quarterback. So with that in mind, Ed Oliver's swap, not that. you swap defensive tackles all day. You change them out the way I change underwear. And right. That's it. And if that's what it takes in order to craft a better team, you go ahead and do that. Yeah. So whatever they have to do on the Ed Oliver front, I'm okay with. I, I don't care, and I'm not one of those people who think that he'll be missed. I think that there's ways to replace what he does for less dime, and if he has value, if Bean's testing those waters and he has value, mm-hmm. then yeah, he might be smart to go figure out what that looks like in a trade for whoever. Whether it's with Denver, whether it's with Arizona, just maximize the opportunity before you lose the opportunity. Mm-hmm. Because if you're going to let him walk in free agency, then you might as well explore what he's worth right now. Yeah, get the $10 million off your payroll for 2023. Pretty son, cheers. Look, Doug, we agree on some things. Yeah, Doug, do you have any left of that cocktail? No, I'd love another. That was fantastic. Look at that. Drew? This is, I'm, I'm chewing my way through this because I don't want to slur my way through the last half of this podcast. This is like a whiskey Long Island. 
But I like, dig it. But like, so, so the Bills with Ed Oliver with this contract situation, that's all it comes down to is this. If Ed Oliver was a player who made people around him better, I would keep him. 100%. And I would give him an extension, but he's not. You know what he needs? He needs Starla Tulele to get double teamed. Well, to get his sacks. He needs Von Miller to get the double teamed to get his stacks. He needs Daquan Jones to get double teamed. He needs Brand he needs Jordan Phillips to play like a yeah, madman. You I know can what go I mean? Find a three tech that needs when help. you I can ro- find that guy. We are one of the few teams in the NFL who rotate eight defensive fronts. Sure. We do. Well, We're one of the few teams. So if he's not a disruptor, when these other guys around him are out, if he can't shed that double team, I can't pay you. I cannot. I cannot it. invest. So for Bills fans, man, in that guys, again, you're talking about again, and this is why I he's love not talking. a bad player. No, no, but this is why I love talking to Doug about this because again, Doug's a guy who has to coach children. He's a guy who has to go out there and say, "Listen, I, I understand what's best. I understand. I have to. I have to coach this game." You understand it from that position, mm-hmm. which very few people do. Guys who rotate to that degree. It's not a sexy position. Are replaceable. Absolutely. You are cogs in a machine. Yep. And there's very few guys who you could point to on any team in the NFL at defensive tackle and say, that guy's irreplaceable. And the funny thing is, three techs are arguably more replaceable than one techs mm-hmm. because there are very few guys who can do what Daquan Jones does. We saw that with Starla Tulele. Yep. Daquan Jones is everything we thought he was. And Oliver goes out and Jordan Phillips comes in, and in fact, we see a little bit more mm-hmm. from the three-tech position. Why? Because you can find that production, whether it's the draft, free agency. You can make this work. I'm confident that whatever they do with that Oliver, he'll not only be tweeting about it, but also that whatever decision they make, it's going to be the right one. Now, we got to look ahead. Okay. What? This drink has me fucking reeling. We- well, it's three ounces of liquor. It's just three. You got what re- happened to you? No, you, you can you not take. Where's the Drew that I lived with who used to pound Max Ices from Wilson Farms, and then <laughs> and then and then punch a punching bag in a basement in a three level South Buffalo house at three thirty seven in the morning. Doug, do you remember that? I remember you coming downstairs to be like, because you drew the short straw. So apparently, you know what that's from? No, you don't know. That's what, at his house. Is that what? That's that Poinciana. Is I, that when uh, Josh Allen threw the 60-yard bomb nope, in double coverage? Nope. nope. To, come on. What was his nope, name? Give Doug, me the fullback's name. Doug, come on. No. Nope, nope, Versus nope, Houston. No. Nope. What was that from? I refuse. I refuse to talk about it. The Drew, fucking uh, Patrick knows. DeMarco. Patrick DeMarco. <laughs> no, no. No, you remember, because Mark remembers. All Mark remembers from that game is me just yelling, Doug! And you being like, Drew, it's going to be okay. It wasn't. You know, Doug, you, you were there for this. It's from the draft when we took Ed Oliver. Because I thought we were going to fuck up and draft T.J. Hawkinson. That was the Lions drafting Hawkinson, that gift. And you know what? It's 2023 right now. Yeah. You're telling me you wouldn't take T.J. Hawkinson over Ed Oliver right now on this roster? No, I would. Thank you. And not only that, but also, (laughs) so now a listener of ours from Australia, Mike Swenson, saw that gif and said that I look like a confused orangutan (laughs) because of how long my arms are. 
Yeah, Mike, if you yeah. ever want us to yeah. come and see you, just let us know, Mike, if you're listening, just let us know. And I promise, I promise my fat ass will get in a cage with a great white. If we do that long ass flight from Buffalo, New York to Australia, wherever you live, you let us know and I will jump in that cage in that water and we can film it. Well, Mike Swenson's a longtime listener and he's going to want to. He's he would want to talk to you about all of Drew's dark secrets. Oh, no. I got I have He's a, got all of them. I have them all. I have with me I have them like, all. Doug's I have all of her names. For, he's been friends with me for 15 years and he lived with me for a handful of them. So here's what I'll say. As we shift gears talking about the second week of NFL free agency. Things the Doug the theme of this that I've been talking about is that we've been getting steak but we haven't gotten the sizzle. Mm-hmm. And that's not a bad thing. They're not making moves that are sexy, but they're making moves that seem to make sense, or at least as much as one can, uh, in terms of rounding out the roster. So let's break this down. Who's the guy they signed today? We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Uh, His name is David Edwards. He okay. he was a starter for the Rams when they did win a Super Bowl. I believe he's appeared in about over fifty games. Yes. Two but con- he started 40- two concussions last year. Mm-hmm. Kept him out a lot, uh, a lot of games. Yeah, last year he was out. Um, he was a starter on that team that did win uh, the Super Bowl. Also, mm-hmm. uh, first two years in the league under Aaron Cromer. Yes, and here's the thing that, like you said, it's not the big. It's not the Philette Mignon. Signing, you know what I mean? It's not the Philip McNamara. But what they're do what Bean is doing and showing is what to do is when you don't have a lot of capital and you can't make that big flashy sign, he is just going for quality depth right now at this point. Which that is, is what that isn't going to break the bank. Yes. You know what I mean? And that's the smart way in <clears throat> doing it, you know. Um because again, we don't have what I said earlier. When you're paying that guy you can't go out and make the flashy, no. flashy signing. And you look can't. at the teams that have. Like, you look at the teams that really go for it. Like, you could be the Rams, and you could say, fuck it, I don't care about picks, I don't care about cap, fuck all of it. And you could be less Sneed, and you can trot out year after year after year trade away draft picks. Year after year after year, just give away all your cap space. And then you can field the team they fielded last year and will have this year. And for the next, they they won a Super Bowl in L.A. and that's great. They did. they captured the market's attention. They did. Now that same market 
Like this is where it's all a big PR stunt. We need to win in LA. We don't, you know, I'm sure it's coming from the owner. We don't give a shit about the future. Let's win now. Now your team's not going to be competitive for five years. Oh, they're going to be absolutely atrocious this year. So what's going to happen is that all the goodwill they bought with those local fans, you're going to lose it all, but they're not going to remember. I mean, what I go have back you to done for me. I go back to then. Philly. Peterson wins Philly its first Super Bowl. Everyone's fired up. They're fucking screaming. There's nine Nick Foles pe- has a statue, bro. Nine. Nick Fo- Chris, Nick Foles has a statue. Nine people died Get out celebrating here. that Super Bowl, according to the Philly police blotter. Nine people fell off of traffic lights and cracked their heads. Imagine being a 36-year-old man and your parents have to get that call. God, God forbid a wife and kids. Not Frank Reynolds. Your, your hus- <laughs> Not Frank Reynolds. Your husband's dead. How? Well, he fell off a traffic light in the middle of... And that's it. Like, but nine people died. Yeah, no. He was... Peterson was a local hero. Or Fire, should have been. Two years or three Fire years Two after? years later. Two years later, yeah. Because the team was awful. All right. Because what have you done their, for me lately? They pushed all their chips in the middle mm-hmm. and then resigned themselves to being bad for four years. Right. The, Bean doesn't want to do that. No. Bean wants to massage. He he realizes that it takes a lot of luck to win a Super Bowl. So you keep keep your team as competitive as possible, and you just wait and see if the stars align for you to make your run. Mm-hmm. That's the way. Like that's the Colts model. Like I'm always going to be here. I may fall short in the playoffs year after year after year, but I will be here every year. And if you guys all fuck up or something bad happens to you, I'm in. I'm right. in like Flynn. So the move to get this guy, the move, Dave Questenberry. Won't move the needle for a lot of fans. And I'll breeze through this, but Chris, I'm not mad about it. I joked a few weeks ago that Bobby Hart will absolutely have his flat earther oh, ass back on the roster. He'll be here at training camp, no doubt. And they, I think they fall in love with certain depth players, right? Like Brandon Bryant and Eli Anku. These are two guys who no one should know their names, except they've been on the Bills now for two to three years apiece. And then you watch the game, right? Like they could have kept churn, they could have kept churning that part of the practice squad. Instead, they said, "We like Brandon Bryant, we like Ilayanku. We're going to hang on to these guys for multiple seasons." And then that Baltimore Ravens game rolls around, and they have to bring in Brandon Bryant. And you watch him go out there, and on a critical fourth down play, he's the guy who sparks it. Yep, that's what they do. They found a way to develop and cultivate those things. And he's our he's our Zimmerman punching out the ball yes. in New England and Cam Newton. They find they they fall in love with certain developmental type practice squad players and backup types. But that's not a bad thing. Because realistically, if you're good coaches, that can bear fruit for you later. Mm-hmm. You're taking guys who nobody else wants and you're turning them into something that you think, hey, Nobody else wants them, but they'll work for me. That's where McDermott should sand them and shape them. That's where McDermott should get all the credit in the world. Yes. He is absolutely excellent and just a perfect tactician at turning into those guys that no one else wanted and getting production out of them. Like your Levi Wallace, who was a walk-on for us. Stuff like that. Like, who was the guy um, that ended up going to Carolina? We ended up trading him there. The defensive end. Big dude, dreads. Oh, They Jesus. loved him. Oh, the pterodactyl. The pterodactyl. Yeah, they loved him. Daryl Johnson. Daryl Johnson. Johnson. There he you just go. Didn't, he, wasn't, he wasn't a consistent of pass rusher, but mm-hmm. he was a special teams player. He was an athletic freak. But those are the guys so, that 
he can get a lot out of. So to bring you circle around to your previous point, why are you paid Ann Oliver over ten million dollars? Oh, exactly. When you can get two other guys to do it for half. So then I look at a guy like Dave Quisenberry. Like he's a depth option that they clearly like. He he played in almost every game like or he was active for most games. Mm-hmm. Uh, starting experience for the Bills at both tackle spots. And he started three games for us last year. He played nine games. He'll now this is what I'll say. He did Chris, do you remember when he got hurt during that New England game? Yes. And we all kind of knew it was going to be a problem right away. He had yeah. blown at left tackle. It was early. Judon destroying him. <laughs> and Judon just pantsing him in front of everybody. Like, I used to joke about Cam Wake pantsing John Miller. Cam you guys remember Wake, those days? What a name. So, I w- I w- as soon as Questenberry turned his ankle and then they put him back out there, he was just getting exposed. It was bad. But, like, four, four sacks, 18 pressures. I'd say that if Brown wasn't one of the league's worst right tackles last season, Questenberry's play would have looked like the replacement level play that it was. Mm-hmm. Questenberry wasn't terrible. No. Not and at so all. with that, he's a guy I'm happy we him, this guy we signed today, the offensive line once again, it's shoring up, putting NFL caliber bodies, guys who have been in the league, experience. guys who have experience. They they don't like rookies and it makes sense because I think that you know, for people who go, oh, he sucks at drafting. Bean sucks at drafting offensive linemen. Well, here's what I'll say. Find me a GM who hits on every offensive lineman. Go talk to Tom Telesco out of the fucking Chargers. Do you know how snake-bitten that man is? He's been drafting offensive linemen for a decade, and he's failed. Who was the guard that he drafted in the, in the first round, then the Bills ended up having him, and then we cut him? I have no idea. Oh, oh, my oh God. Lamp. Yeah, that's Lamp. it. It's like, look, I think Lamp was a second-day pick, and everyone was shocked he fell. But it doesn't matter. It's like, look, that's this is hard to do. Absolutely. So with that, I mean, I look at that, I think it's a good pickup. Damian Harris. Damian Harris. I've already heard so much about this that I almost don't want to talk about it, but we have to. We're a football podcast. I'm a guy who's half in the bag now <laughs> off this the paint thinner that Chris put together over here. It's called here. Mississippi Punch. It's, it's, punching, it's punching me right in the liver. The Bills didn't move on from Devin Singletary. Okay? It's exactly what I said when we drafted him. He's going to be here for the length of his contract. Bean is... He did say that. Bean is in this area of the running back position is high value, low cost. So I'm going to draft people. They're going to be here on their rookie deal, and then they're going to be out the door and I'm going to recycle the whole situation That's all. and just run with that room on rookie deals and have a low-cost veteran minimum like what we got with Damian well, Harris. I don't even need you to pull this up on the screen. Did you see his deal? This is Damian Harris. Remember the New England game that we went to in mm-hmm. the windstorm? You know what his base salary is for this year? Mm-hmm. He doesn't even pull it up. It's 1.75. That's it for that. Keep it coming. I can get behind that every year. That's totally fine. Get next guy up. Next guy up. They could do that every year for the next decade and be successful. I. This is what I'm saying. They didn't. And Chris, I've got a drop coming up here that I hope you have loaded on the tablet because it's gonna. It is. Oh, I got God. it. Don't worry, I got it. Like he does with nearly all of his skill players. 
being extended is an offer, mm-hmm. right? Like this is how he operates, and you're hearing it now. Like last year was the first time you heard players talk about it. He extended an offer, and at the same time, do you think that offer was worth much of anything? I mean, the deal he's that Singletary signed in Houston has no term. It's just a one-year deal to be the second dude. So obviously, Buffalo didn't offer that either. The Harris deal illustrates that they knew that they had chump change to work with and thus probably made the same offer they made to him. They just recycled it and made it to Harris. Mm-hmm. I mean, I have this hilarious mental image, right? Brandon Bean walking around with one of those old school change belts, like the change dispensing belts, just cat calling NFL for agents from the backseat of a limo. And he's just holding this phone up, rattling quarters at him. Come on, sweetie. Now, don't be a bitch. Let's talk some numbers here. <laughs> <laughs> Like, I love it. In the end, the Bills were most likely cat, and they made it clear we're casting a wide net. You're one person we're talking to. Here's our number. If you if you think you can get better, go get better. If not, they've done it to Cole Beasley, mm-hmm. they did it to Levi Wallace. They did it to, to they've done it to too many players. Uh, Dude, they did it to Poyer. Yes. If you think you're worth more, we want you. But if you think you can do better, go find it. Yeah. And this is why I love Bean's approach, and it's how you get here. And and then you think about what Bean said last week about needing a bigger back. We'll definitely add more depth. I mean, you're really talking about right now, you know, just a couple backs on the roster. So we'll we'll continue to add there and look for, you know, different skill sets that you're alluding to. I you know, I hear what you're what you're getting at. Yeah, we'll we'll monitor that and um totally aware that we got a couple guys that are around 200 so yeah we'll probably add somebody that's a little heavier than that at some point between you know now and training camp as brandon Breen, bean from his press conference thursday on uh, free agency day over at buffalobills.com yes yeah it's where you can go to get the whole thing doug he told us all what he was doing and nobody listened like, you should have expected something like this. Mm. Now, Harris is the kind of... Uh, the reason that I play this is because, Chris, he tipped his hand. And it's something that we're going to get to, especially with the next player we're about to talk about. But he said what he wanted, and he went out and got it. And that's exactly... He's done that since he's been here. Another drink? Absolutely. Doug? Chris? Yeah. When you're done, do you want a beer in the meantime? I still got a little of this left. A little high noon. Fucking high noon. We'll get another one for the next show. All right. So here's Don't judge high noons, Drew. I heard that sarcastic shit in your voice. <laughs> Don't you dare judge it. They're vodka sodas. You haven't drank vodka soda at a VFW? Nah, you know for a fact. You, you know for a fact <laughs> that you and me got drunk at a VFW in Maryland and we lost a 60-year-old man. We should, we, Chris, that's not even an exaggeration. And this is after, God rest his soul, this is after the 60... Gordy! This one's Gordy, real. the G-dub. This is after the 60-year-old man pissed his pants <laughs> at a bar after drinking two bottles of Kettle One. And I went home with his son back to the hotel. Me, me, Jim Frank, his son went back to the hotel. We drank at the hotel bar, and then we all went to our separate rooms. He fought a guy and at you, a Chevy Chase bank in Maryland. And in the you, had, you guys, you and our buddy Davini had to go find him. You yeah. had to go find him in a cab. The hilarious. Like, this, guys, it's a, it's, it's a whole thing. Doug, like I said, Doug has all the catalog of our debauchery and our crazy stories. Deep, 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 Doug. Harris is a player here on our roster that I want to root for because he's been productive. 
And well, like, I'll, I'll leave it to the Oscars over at WGR to turn around and go, well, actually, when you think about, it, like, f- fuck you guys, first of all. Second of all, like, all of you people shitting in the idea of the signing, the reality is, is that no one's saying he has to be better than Devin Singletary. No. The reality is, is he replaces what Singletary gave us for pennies on the dollar. For half the price. Like, that's it. I don't give a shit if his short yardage numbers were only marginally better than Singletary's. Every fucking year, they bring a running back to camp, a veteran running back, and they stash some on the roster who never see the light of day. Matt Breda, Duke Johnson, TJ Eldon. They're going to bring a fourth guy in. Chris Ivory. There will be more, guys. Those of you who are mad at this signing, just wait. Just wait till they dig somebody off the scrap heap. Sean McDermott loves four things in life. Winning football games, clapping, Gettysburg. I don't know that for a fact, but he strikes me as the kind of guy who would stand out there and just like... Like Pennsylvania? Like staring at the battlefield at Gettysburg, like one tear just slowly rolls down his face. Like, I don't know. He just strikes me as that kind of guy. And marginalizing veteran running backs. Yeah. So for everybody yelling about how Harris isn't better than Singletary, shut it, nerds. He's half the price. He's just as effective with more touchdowns. I don't want to hear it. There's nothing wrong with spending your money there. What is wrong with that? Now, nothing. what we alluded to earlier, you're talking about we're not listening when Bean talks. The release of Isaiah McKenzie. Chris couldn't find the audio. I may have directed him to the wrong place. We opened last show's last week's show with a clip of Bean talking about the state of the middle linebacker position. What you should have done is just directed to all of the times I've shit on him on this podcast because yes. I've never been a fan. Okay. But Beam said last week, he said it. No one had to. Like, he's out there talking about everyone. Everyone Bill's fan was talking about the linebacker talent that was available in free agency. Like, and you, Chris, did you or did you not watch them get more desperate? As the days went by, they're like, well, at least there's this guy. Yeah. Okay, so all the big names are gone, but at least there's Drew Tranquil. There's Denzel Perryman. There's this guy. There's this, and then they all came off the like, they all came off the market, and the Bills were never rumored to be in on any of these guys. <laughs> like, that's it. If you're all upset about that, then you're not hearing the man when he speaks. Like, the guy literally was talking and used the name Balin Specter. When they talked about who might help solve the middle linebacker problem. You don't talk about a special teamer and a practice squatter in that conversation if you're going to spend money right at the position. So with that in mind, I think a lot of people aren't listening. And he tipped his hand because he said, he used the quote that they have redundancy at the, at the slot wide receiver position. That's it. Redundancy. That should have been everyone's like, hey, oh, something's going to happen with Isaiah McKenzie. A part of me thinks that's why, Chris, remember his press conference that day was supposed to be at 1 o'clock and it wasn't until 5 o'clock? Yeah. A part of me believes that that's why it ran so late. He was probably still negotiating because the next day, McKenzie was going to be due. He was going to be due a bonus. Yes, it was. And he's probably talking to his agent going, listen, take a pay cut, stay with the team. McKenzie thinks he's worth more. His agent doesn't want to. Okay, then you're going to make me do what I got to do. I already signed your replacement. As he's going to Indy. Yeah, I already signed your replacement. And so I guess his release, I mean, do you blame them? 
Mackenzie hasn't been without opportunities. For for Chris, who just shits on him because he like just because he doesn't like him, I've applied a little nuance to this scenario. He's had plenty of chances. He so got here in 2018. Yeah, people forget that we he got picked, cut from the Broncos. Yeah. the Broncos. Got How many? Him. Yeah, he had as many chances as you did with Tim Hortons. Jimmy Hose, <laughs> the wildebeest. Here's what I'll say. Again, that lady will fight all of you if she was here right now. <laughs> you keep talking smack. She would have beat all of us up by now. Mackenzie arrived here in 2018. He's been with this quarterback and this coaching staff for almost five years. In that five-year span, he's contributed in various ways, but never really found a way to be a consistent contributor on offense. Which, Doug, if you can't produce on offense, but also you suck as a return man, right? you're not long for the NFL, are you? No, you're not at all. And let's see. Let's see. What did he do? In recent years, what he had well, the uh, the New England game. This is the, the thing. I'm neutral. Well, the on New England him. game. Him he as a wide receiver. He's literally one step forward, one step back. I'm neutral on him because here's what I see: New England game, great game. He saved the day for us. He did for that. Yeah, everyone was out that game. <laughs> everyone was out that game. He steps in, saves the day. He did. That was his coming out party, and you would think he would take it and run, but he didn't. Didn't. So let's. If I want to go backwards, like. All of the good things he's done for us, Kansas City game week six, trips over the goal line. <laughs> Literally, that's it. There's no one around him. Easy touchdown. Yeah. Pitch and catch to most wide receivers in the NFL. Isaiah McKenzie trips over the goal line untouched. Uh, he had made other mistakes in that game. They're, 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 um, um, a bunch of them. You can go back and look at the tape. He has that game against Miami. We're on the final play. He doesn't get out of bounds fast enough, and the Bills don't get a shot at kicking a game-winning field goal. Yeah. That was week three, right? Yep. And he, he admitted it was just fatigue. He was just too tired to think. That indie game? Holy shit. You could Google it right now. Google McKenzie mistakes. And there's a video on YouTube called McKenzie Gets Tackled by a Ghost, <laughs> where he catches the ball on a kick return, falls down with no one within 20 feet of him, the ball squirts out, and they just pick it up and run it back to our own one. Right. And when I can think of, I mean... It's not even a forced error. You just can't handle this. Doug, <coughs> the guy's not good, right? No, he's, he's you're average not a, or below average. You're not a Super Bowl contender if you're relying on guys like that to fill significant roles for right. you. And that's why Bean is going this route, signing these guys um, who aren't going to break the bank, but they're going to be giving the opportunity that McKenzie's been given the opportunity. That's it. McKenzie, and he's you got hoping, And Bean is hoping to hit on one of these guys for cheap. Why wouldn't you? I think that's a great strategy to go you're for. You're starting over back to 2018 when we started with Isaiah McKenzie. You're bringing in a Deontay Hardy and saying, listen, this seems like a robust contract, but you've at least proven more. Right. You've proven more as a returner than when we found Isaiah McKenzie. You've proven more as a wide receiver in terms of your separation statistics and all these other metrics that let you moneyball some of these decisions. Here's your opportunity. Stay in the field. Stay healthy. Yes. Let's go. Let's go. And for Isaiah, it's like, look, man, I don't hate you. No. In fact, I love the fact that he owns a barbecue joint in 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 Florida. Yeah. And I love the fact that, like, uh, golongtd.com has uh, the happy hour segment. I was there for Isaiah McKenzie's. I got to ask him, like, everybody who attends gets to ask him a question. Mm -hmm. I got my, you know, 30 seconds with Isaiah McKenzie, and the only thing I could ask him, I go, 
are you a brisket or a ribs guy? I go, because they are two different types of people. What do you say, ribs? He said brisket. I was like, ah, yeah, you're my there you, dude. There you go. He He's a great guy. Yeah, there's nothing There's nothing wrong with him. I wish him the best, but, 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 he's but just, there again, his release not only freed up cash space, which everyone was prognosticating, but again, when Bean speaks, sometimes there's a lot of GMs who will say things. Doug, I think you need to just shut up and listen to what Bean tells you. He's, he's been pretty honest. He's pretty honest. He's been, he's been pretty damn honest with us. You know what I mean? And again, like you said, it's nothing personal against McKenzie. He was absolutely, you know, he's an average player. I was there this past Thanksgiving in Detroit. He had a huge game. Yes. He did. He picked up four first downs. He had a big touchdown catch. He was fantastic. But... When you don't bring that element, the New England element, the return for a touchdown on a punt versus Miami at the yep. end of the season, when you don't bring, I don't need that every week. But I need but it more often you than don't, not. When you play 17 games, I'm expecting you and the opportunity that you've been given to show up and show out. Probably, I think 10 games is fair. Sure. I think that's very fair for that kind of player. But when you're giving me three, Chris. I'm yeah. going a different option. You're going to cry yourself to sleep tonight that he's not on the roster? No. <laughs> and then, Who do you remember? I'm number six and number 19. I go number 19. <laughs> Who switches to six? What an asshole. And then there's the addition of wide receiver Trent Sherfield. Now, this is a good one. Like, If anyone wants more of a reason to root for this guy in a Bills uni, go head over to golongtd.com and read Tyler Dunn's profile on the wide receiver. He wrote it on March 10th ahead of the free agency process. People only recognized him last year, but he's been in the NFL for six years. Yeah, this was his, uh, the Miami, I believe, was his third team. Yes. His mental and emotional journey, like, as his coach is, like, like, it's interesting to read his trek through the NFL. Like, coaches in Arizona being brutally honest that despite outplaying damn near every wide receiver on the roster in his preseason, his second year with the Cardinals, mm-hmm. as an undrafted free agent, the GM essentially told the staff that he expected to see his recent wide receiver draft picks on the field. Talents that he hand-selected to complement his new number one overall quarterback. You can see that world, right? Where GM goes, hey, I don't give a fuck who plays what. You put my draft picks on the field because I have an ego. Right. And I need to be right. Mm -hmm. Uh, Do you know who the GM was? In Arizona? It's it's Steve. Do you know who I am? Kime. No, Steve. We don't know who you are. You look like you ate Fred Durst. You leave him alone with his non. With it, he's got a nice beard, no hair up top. But hey, come on, man. He looks like he ate Fred Durst. And then again, to have the balls as a nondescript bald white dude with facial hair to go to a cop and go, "Do you know who I am?" No. you think before every draft they listen to all in together now? I would taser you on principle if you asked me that question. <laughs> There's a reason I'm not allowed to work in law enforcement. But... <laughs> beyond, Drew with a gun. <laughs> Drew with a gun. Chris, what's more terrifying than Drew with a gun? Uh, I don't know. Drew at Tim Hortons at 2.30 in the morning? God, I, I uh. hear both of you. All right. So you have Steve. Do you know who I am, Kime? Do you know who those draft picks were? Doug, and do you know why this whole Trent Sherfield story is so funny? Uh, the picks were Hakeem Butler in the fourth round. I don't think he's in the league anymore. No, he's not. Thank you. Um, he actually only has like two seasons of NFL statistics. 
Andy Isabella. It's uh, a little white dude, right? Uh, failed. Yep. Had a couple good games. That was it. Keyshawn Johnson. That's right. The same Keyshawn Johnson currently sitting on the Bills practice squad. Mm. So you can tell how well that went. Yeah. Fuck Steve Keim. Sherfield was the only one of the four wide receivers we just talked about to score a touchdown in the last two seasons. And he had only two last year. But he also was third fiddle behind Hill and Waddle. He's a really interesting player. And with that in mind, I'm excited, but admittedly, like, it's not, like, this isn't my softball team, where literally, like, I think the only prerequisite to play with us is that you gotta be a good, good guy, good guy, and you don't mind drinking cheap beer out of a South Buffalo suitcase, which for those of you who are unfamiliar with the nomenclature, is when you take a contractor bag and you put all of your belongings in it, and you carry it down the street. Uh, this is a contractor bag full of ice because Mark Smith is lazy and was like, well, I don't want to take a cooler to the bar and won't have to drag it home from the field. But think about it. Say you're just a regular fan and you're listening to the show and all you do is you watch football on Sundays and that's it and that's as far as you go. You're taking it. Bean is taking a chance on a guy for under $2 million. For under $2 million. So there is no risk here. No. If it does not work and he ain't the guy, you swang and missed. So what? He played third fiddle, like I said, behind Hill and Waddle. You're paying him under $2 million. He has speed. Again, he runs a four four five at the combine. He has speed. He has what is Bean like. Bean really doesn't like the rookies to be counted on. He'll take one or two. You know what I mean? But this dude has experience. He's going to be 27 years old when he starts the year. You know what I mean? He's been in playoff atmospheres. He's been going for it to try and get a division win. So it's not like he's coming off the bench or a practice squad, stuff like that. He has the experience for two less than $2 million a year. And so, I mean, it, it is easy. You know, it's easy to take a look at Sherfield's numbers and from 2022 and kind of assume, like most things are when people are a fan of him, they're probably skewed a little bit by that ridiculous 75-yard touchdown catch that opened up that San Francisco game, which they lost. By the way, I just want to point out that they lost. But uh, it does stand to reason, who is Trent Sherfield? Well, what does he bring to the table, and how does he help the 2023 Buffalo Bills? We can sit here and postulate about it, but Chris... I'm not, I'm not exactly the smartest guy in the world when it comes to projections, right? No, you're not. You've all heard my draft content. That's why, <laughs> it's like we have so many guests. Luckily for me, I happen to have a friend who covers the Miami Dolphins, and he's here with us tonight. You know him. You love him. Mr. Ralph Artiaga from Three Yards Per Carry. How are you, sir? I'm doing great. <laughs> are you? Are you, though? I mean, we... Yeah, we, no, yeah, I'm... Yeah, I, I'm pretty much. Yeah, I'm, I'm in suspended animation until this uh, until this uh, draft period starts because um, everybody's just talking about right tackles. And today, uh, the whole team was watching DJ Fluker of all people working out and at the Alabama Pro Day. So there's not really much going on right now until draft day. Uh, you're just counting the your cap space, and you realize there's none left. <laughs> so everything that's going to happen is going to happen after the draft. So there's essentially nothing to talk about in Dolphin right now. 
I mean, I mean, the Bills are in pretty much the same spot, but that, that won't stop our lunatic fans from screaming into the ether about all the, all the people the Bills need to still sign and the fact that we should be trading for DeAndre Hopkins and also we should be signing Odell Beckham Jr. too. In fact, let's go, let's go build the Harlem Globetrotters and just ask them all to take a million dollars a year. You know, let's just do that, right? Like, that makes sense. Cause this is Madden. That's how that works. Uh, here's what I love about Alf Artiaga, folks. For those of you who don't know and don't listen to our AFC's roundup shows, uh, three yards per carry podcast host, lifelong Dolphins fan, incredibly knowledgeable about football. Also, he's petty just like we are. Go ahead and ask that loser LG sports betting. Elf, are you st- are you still on that guy? Yeah, and the funny thing is that he thinks that I'm like like following all his bets. So all I did is I scheduled a tweet every Monday calling him out. <laughs> and calling out his terrible record. And he thinks that I'm on him like every Monday, right? Mm-hmm. I, I'm not. I just schedule tweets uh, throughout the entire year for the rest of the year until January. Every single Monday, calling him out. And if he responds, I'll just dig through his record and find his losers and post them all. Chris, isn't yeah. that petty? Petty. <laughs> it definitely passes. Hey, it cost sw- me nothing. It, it literally only cost me 20 minutes to schedule all those tweets. Because I just copy and paste it all. Dougie, this guy literally just spent 20 minutes to ruin a guy's entire year. It's, so. a, good, it's a good burn. <laughs> it's a great burn. And it was probably an enjoyable 20 minutes. I know. So you had DM'd me after the signing of Sherfield because I think you and I had actually tweeted back and forth about him a little bit earlier in the free agency process. And you shared some of your guys' observations, and I thought our listeners might find him useful. Being as objective as you can be, were you a fan of Sherfield's game with Miami? And if so, what part of it? Uh, I like Sherfield. Uh, Trent Sherfield was a good player. Let me tell you what happened with him last year. Um, when he was brought in, uh, Mike McDaniel told him, and there's a there's a there's actually a piece written somewhere, and I always forget who the hell wrote it. Um, but whoever wrote it, you know, got it from firsthand knowledge from Trent Sherfield and Mike McDaniel, so it's corroborated both ways, so all of this is true. And Mike McDaniel told Trent Sherfield, look, come on, and for the vet minimum, and there are no politics here in Miami. Like, we can't promise you that you're going to take over Tyreek Hills or Jalen Waddle's spot. Like, those two spots belong to those two guys. But wide receiver three is absolutely open. There are no politics. You can win wide receiver three. Coming into camp, um, he quickly had a great camp, and he was he was flashing every single day. And going into the season, he was sharing time with Cedric Wilson. Cedric Wilson hurt his ribs against the Buffalo Bills week three, and Trent Sherfield took over this spot for the rest of the season. He's a great blocker, a really good teammate, a tough guy. I think he was underutilized in what I think is his best role. Uh, he's he's about 6'1", 220 pounds, so he's a strong guy, and he can run. So I always felt he was he was probably best used as a as a screen guy mm-hmm. and the point man on a screen, but we never actually used him that way. Uh, we used him a lot as an inline blocker, believe it or not. Mm-hmm. Um, there's actually tape of him blocking Nick Boza, <laughs> of all people. So you're getting yourself a tough guy, um, a guy if you could find ways to use him is gonna is gonna help your offense. And if you use him in the slot, 
man, he's going to be good in a lot of crackbacks. A lot of, like if you run a lot of outside zone, he's going to be good cracking down on on defensive ends. Uh, he's a useful piece. Well, that's but what he's he- not what. But he's just not what I guess Miami wanted for the position going forward. And that makes a little bit of sense. I mean, just to make this make sense for some of you listening at home, you want to put some context into that. You know, he's a great run blocker. First of all, third highest run block rating of any wide receiver to play more than 10 games in 2022. And if you filter that data a little bit further, just to make sure that you're weeding out guys who you want guys who at least ran, you know, 50 gap style, 50 zone style runs. You want to see guys that were not only had enough playing time to really give you a picture of what they're capable of, you know, just to eliminate the outlying. Hey, they had a good play here and then they had, you know. They had five bad ones, but five really good ones, and it offset things. You want a, a big body of work, and you want to see that they're used in all rushing situations, and often enough to make sure that it's not being conflated. It, if you filter that down to guys who ran at least 50 gap-style runs and 50 zone-style runs as a blocker, he was the number one rated wide receiver for run blocking in the league last year. And then when you take a look at what that means in the context of rushing success for a team— Derrick Henry finished number two in rushing yards on the season behind Josh Jacobs. Now, he's a freak. He himself is a freak product. I mean, that shouldn't surprise anybody. But what I did find surprising is that what helps augment his ability to get that is that his three wide receivers, he had three wide receivers make the top ten of that same list that Trent Sherfield finished number one on. A lot of see a lot of fans will look at a lack of a team's rushing success and blame the offensive line, and it's fair because in a lot of cases you can point the finger and say if our running game stinks, it's probably because our offensive line doesn't get enough push, doesn't create clean holes, isn't climbing to the second level consistently, and and a lot of that's fair. But at the same time, having having wide receivers and tight ends who run block well, they are an integral part of a rushing attack. Doug knows this; he's coached football. So you get a guy who can, like Sherfield, who can block effectively not just the line of scrimmage, but also down the field and at the second level. That's what sets up your longer runs. It's what helps your running backs get in there. You know, a running back like Cooks. You know, everyone's like, oh, he didn't break off many long runs. Who did he have helping him? I mean, if you look at the Bills last year, they didn't have a single wide receiver finish in the top 25 for run block rating within those same parameters we were just talking about. And the two who finished in the top 30 were Diggs and Davis. Nobody else even like came close to making the cut. And sadly, Davis finished behind Stephon Diggs. <laughs> Out of 100 NFL wide receivers who saw significant run blocking snaps, we have two guys who are sort of serviceable and not much else. So I guess for a fan base that keeps crying about how they want a rushing attack, we need to develop a rushing attack to take the pressure off Josh Allen. You you can't then turn around and bemoan a pick like this because these are the types of players that help you build a, you know, better second-level second blocking and build a more explosive run game. Now, you touched on something, Elf, about they wanted something different. And we saw that they signed Braxton Berrios, and I think it was Chris Kaufman from your Three Yards Per Carry podcast, who had tweeted out something about stylistic differences that the Dolphins have made. Can you expand on that a little bit just so our listeners maybe get a taste of it? Yeah, it's like they've gone completely opposite. Uh, they had uh, an offensive line coach in Matt Applebaum who was really very affable, uh, very inviting, uh, smart. 
um, you know, uh, I would say, you know, more open with what they were doing day in and day out. Well, they canned him. And it turns out that the head coach, Mike McDaniel, didn't like the way he was administering the, the offensive line and had delegated some of the opportunities to Frank Smith, the offensive coordinator. And who did they bring in? They bring in a guy called Butch Barry, who by all accounts is a major league asshole. So that's one stylistic change. The other stylistic change is that they wanted actual yak, actual yards after the catch guys at wide receiver three. And who do they go out and get? They get Braxton Berrios. They essentially ignore Trent Sherfield. They give Braxton Berrios double the money and double the guarantee that Trent Sherfield got in Buffalo. And they're, they essentially announced right away by giving Braxton Berrios the money that they gave him that, okay, this is the guy that's going to be sharing wide receiver three with Cedric Wilson. And that's the way it's going to be. So, yeah, they, they've decided, look, uh, you know, we came in with a mission statement. We kind of got away from it a little bit. And we want to get back to that somehow. Uh, what I've pointed out is, look, man, you paid – Cedric Wilson last year to be wide receiver two. Then the Tyreek the Tyreek Hill uh, trade came about, and he's now your wide receiver three. It's time to see what you have in him. He flashed last year. He spent the entire year injured. But when he was asked to make plays, he made plays. And now it's about, you know, using those two outside guys to open up a guy that could, you know, make plays for you in the slot. And, I think Cedric Wilson and Brad Barrios are going to be taking over that spot right now. They're going in a different direction. See, and that's an interesting pivot. So you, at first they started with a big body guy that they thought like, okay, he's because realistically, you know, and that was one thing Bills fans, I think first saw, they said, Oh man, we're going to get a legitimate yak player. And it's like, well, wait a minute. That's not Sherfield. <laughs> that's not exactly Sherfield's game. He strikes me more of a, it's always stupid when you say like, oh, his game is like Debo Samuel, but it's the idea that he's a guy that will probably get open short and because he's big and because he's strong, he can help you run block so you can put him out there in the slot in some formations that you want to mask what it is you're trying to do from a from an offensive perspective because that gives you an option of being able to say, look, when he's out there in the slot, I can run the ball effectively or... If you, if you decide that you're gonna, you know, you're gonna defend the run, he can get open in the short area and grind out a few yards with contact over linebackers and some thicker guys. Like, that seems to be more of the role that maybe suits him. Like, am I crazy for thinking that? Yeah. The Dolphins last year liked to use 11 personnel. It was their best uh, <clears throat> personnel grouping. And they were used, uh, Durham Smythe in line because Mike Kaseki, we know his limitations as a, as a blocker. And what they would do is that they would put Trent Sherfield in the slot and they would essentially use him like another tight end, like if it was 12 for personnel. And this year, they went out and they got Eric Saubert, who's going to be doing that. So they decided, you know what? We're going to be a little bit more conventional. We're going to use a little bit more 12 personnel. We want a little bit more diversity in, in what we do offensively. Because last year, they got into a rhythm playing only 11 personnel and then 21 personnel, and they didn't use almost anything else. And at times it became a little bit more predictable because those were the only two personnel groupings that they were using. So now that they added Eric Salbert, they could use him as a true tight end, maybe even in line, maybe even in the slot, and not have to use a gimmick 
although he's a good player, mm-hmm. like Trent Sherfield. So they were hiding a lot of their run sets mm-hmm. by going out there in 11 personnel and making it look like they were going to throw the ball. Yep. And whereas yeah. that's something that the Bills could take advantage of because like our leading our leading rusher last year, Devin Singletary, was 30th in the NFL in carry attempts. We don't run the ball a ton. So d- your defense by default is saying, okay, we're going to put out a light box and we have to, we're probably going to assume that you guys are throwing more often than not. That alone would help mask that. Plus, when you throw Trent Sherfield out there, now, again, it's just something that they can, it's just one more thing for defensive coordinators to have to think about, but it's also something that can help our offense execute in those moments where they do decide to run out of 12 per, or 11 personnel. Because let's face it, Isaiah McKenzie wasn't blocking nobody. Uh, I, I don't know who in the slot on the team could last year. So this will definitely help the Bills in that regard. Elf, you know I appreciate you. You know I love getting together with another petty son of a bitch just like us and talking about football. We're getting into the thick of draft season, which is where all of your content really does become more accessible to fans from any fan base, really. Why don't you tell everybody where they can find all your work? Uh, You could go on our Twitter account, the number three yards per carry. And you could get our podcast anywhere you get your podcast, iTunes, Spotify, anywhere. And it's also the same name. It's the number three yards per carry. Alf Arteaga, three yards per carry on Twitter at Alf underscore Arteaga. <clears throat> so, Doug, after hearing Alf and I talk about Sherfield a little bit more in detail, like you were already in on him from the start of this. Mm-hmm. That has to like it has to help the way fans should think about this, right? Like, in oh, terms yeah. of, especially in terms of what he talked to us about off-air. Absolutely. Like, the, the whole being able to manipulate a defense. That was probably the most interesting thing he said, and I wish we had gotten it on the pod. He said, he goes, you could use a guy like him in 11 personnel, which admittedly the Bills run a ton of, to manipulate a defense because now, and it was something you your ears perked up at, was that you as a defensive coordinator are now forced to put one of your better tacklers in the slot. You're, you're small coverage guy, right? Like when Deontay Hardy lines up in the slot, he's a small guy. Mm-hmm. He's quick, he's shifty. You could put an, a guy with good foot speed, good moves, average physicality in the slot, and you could probably get away with that and trying to cover him from that position. Right. When you put Trent Sherfield in the slot, you have to bring your big boy pants. Yeah, because a, a a normal NFL linebacker can't cover him. No. He can't cover that speed. So, and that's, again, that's one thing that if you're a defensive coordinator. Did you fucking turn into Delilah? Why are you whispering? I'm not. Am I whispering? Yeah. You're How's turning, this? Is this better? Guys, this is, this is Doug Rulosky. I'm spinning smooth jazz over at WJYE. Mm, next on stage. What are you fucking Kevin Massari? Next oh, on stage. Oh, did I say that out loud? Cinnamon. Did I no. say that out next Well, here, like I said, here's the thing. If you're like a defensive coordinator, what's the one thing you can't coach? The one thing you can't coach is speed. So yes. you have to take that into effect when you're scheming against a well, team. Speed and physicality speed. combined are dangerous. You can't do it. You cannot do a linebacker on this guy, just like you cannot do a linebacker on a guy like a Gabe Davis. You're going to lose. Mm-hmm. Well, that's why ma- he's been so productive up the seam in his entire career. Yeah, so and, adding right. Sherfield gives you another option that – it just kind of opens up your offense. Weapons, weapons, I just weapons. feel like this gives them opportunities to go four wide. It gives them opportunity to I don't know, expand your playbook, expand your arsenal. Realistically, Chris, 
every one of these moves that we've looked at today and that we've talked about and that we've looked at over the last two weeks, there's not a single one of them that somebody would go, oh, my God, this is in the same stratosphere as the Von Miller signing. Not a one. At the same time, every single one of them makes the Bills a better team, don't they? Yep. In that way, I don't know how anybody could complain about it. I'm really excited about where this team is heading, and I'm really dreading the show that we're about to record because it's going to be all about the draft and setting the table, and we're going to have to talk about mock drafts. And, Doug, I, I'm already – like, I, I see what you're doing over here on your laptop next to me. You're doing a fucking mock draft. It's it, it's part of the reason I cruise through that drink so quickly. What are we in right now? What's the date today? March what? March 23rd. March 23rd. Drew, I've been doing my mock drafts. Since week ten, I hate you. Since this, week I, ten, guys, this is we're <laughs> friends, but also sometimes like we've actually gone. We, you and I have wrestled to multiple stalemates. That is very true. <laughs> we've never like I was going to say like I'd love to jump on you and try to choke you out, but also I can't. Remember when you tried to choke me out from behind and then I got low and yeah. you didn't think that I was going no, to be able to get low. You put me over the top and onto the hood of Marley's car and she cried about it. That's a good time. At least you've never tasered <laughs> me. Thank you. Thanks, Matt Devaney. <laughs> Guys, all I know is that this has been another banner week for the Bills in terms of them building what is quietly a very sound football team. Go Bills. If you don't like the moves, I understand. Also, you can kick rocks. That's my prerogative as a podcast host. Like I get to talk. You all get to listen. That's very true. Doug, Chris, we got to get the hell out of here. I'm Drew Gear. That's Chris Krueger. That's Doug Roloski. This has been your Rock Pop Report. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.